Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88, Dean Radio, and Secret Weapon Consulting. I will be your host tonight, CJ Medeiros. And of course, I have a very special friend of mine, my good co host, Justin Tucker. Hey, Justin, how, how are you doing on this uh, Tuesday night? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Not too bad. Not too bad. The Celtics are on the night. It's. Oh, yeah, they are, aren't they? Mm hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I know it's a sports, you know, football podcast, but I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that, uh, well, the uh, basketball season starting up again. Well, maybe you could put that on the back burner as you will maybe watch some football first and foremost. That's a thought. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we have a lot planned tonight. We're going to break a lot of stuff down. But first, there's something we need to have an earnest discussion about. The Green Bay Packers have lost their second straight game and each to a New York team, as you know, the Giants and the Jets. So Adam and I were talking about this. Does this put like a damper on like Rodgers' career and what is even going on with the Packers? Justin, do you want to unpack that? First, a damper on his career? Absolutely not. I don't understand why the, that's actually a question. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. There's nothing you can do with that. Even with back-to-back losses with the New York teams, because first off, they're having pretty good seasons in their own right, number one. Number two, it's Aaron Rodgers. He'll bounce back, and he doesn't have any weapons to throw to. Sammy Watkins is injured. Randall Cobb is injured. I want to say it's only Alan Lazard and Christian Watson, and they're not doing much for him. And the offense isn't conducive to help Aaron Rodgers at all. So it's either Aaron Rodgers or Bust, and most of the time it's been Bust. The fact that they've been able to win some of these games comes down to the acumen of Aaron Rodgers and the fact that the Bucks are just looking terrible right now. So as far as what it looks like for him, I don't think it's a damper on him. I just think the Packers are just going through a – terrible slump right now and they need to fix the offense yeah yeah i hear you i do i do i i understand but please hear me out okay oh boy oh boy i mean at this point in time i'm not so sure about the jets but i mean maybe but i'm starting to think the giants are legit you can't call it paper wins anymore you really can't especially after no offense they just beat the Ravens. Luck. Luck. That wasn't... mm, Continue. Well, and all I'll say about that is that the Ravens have been up by double digits in all the last three games, and they've lost. But that's something we talk about uh, for another day. So, the, the Packers are interesting. I mean, as soon as we heard about the Devontae Adams trade, you knew this was going to be different. And during the draft, I believe, I don't know if I ever mentioned it on the show, but Tucker, you've heard me say numerous times, I am not a fan of Christian Watson in the draft. I liked Romeo Dobbs better than him, but they have him too. Randall Cobb is old. Alan Lazard's a bum. I mean, but their running backs are decent, but they're not doing anything because they're now kind of a grounded pound type of offense and defenses are just stacking the box. Now, as far as the career, I won't say anything yet. But mark my words, if the Packers miss the playoffs or are a wild card one and done team, and or and if they keep struggling like this, that slim 
slim goat case that Aaron Rodgers has is going to go out the window. Oh, and, and I hope it does because it will shut up those Packers fans once and for all. What? 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 Are you going to say that with the way Tom Brady is playing right now? Are you going to say keep that same energy for him? Because he's playing like a scrub too. It's yeah, like well, I'll good. admit, he is not playing well. However, Brady was already on a higher pedestal than Rodgers. Brady already had better everything than Rodgers. Brady is already the GOAT. And this is just for that those cheeseheads. They're like, oh, look at Rodgers' passer rating. He's the GOAT. It's like, will this finally smack some sense into you? Please let it. Oh, my God. If I'm not, if you're saying Tom Brady's the goat because of all the championships he's won and all the game games won and all that stuff, sure, I have no problem with that. Tom Brady's the goat. But if you're just basing this off this season, he doesn't have a strong case either. So if I look at Aaron Rodgers' season, yeah, he's not playing good by his standards. He's playing awful, just like Tom Brady is. But at the same time, I'm not holding this season against them. Green Bay has for years not given this man weapons. The only weapon he for holds- years. What? He has had Donald Driver. He has had Jordy Nelson. He has had prime Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams. And he's had running backs like prime Eddie Lacy, you know, just for two years. We don't talk about that. And he's had A.J. Dillon. And furthermore, he's had tight ends like Jermichael Finley and Martellus Bennett and really good linemen like David Bakhtiari, Brian Bulaga, Corey Lindsley, Josh Sitton, and T.J. Lang. I don't want to friggin' hear it. I'm so happy you're bringing this up. Number one, he hasn't had Donald Driver in almost a decade. You need to let that but go. So, so what? He still had him. You said they're not giving him weapons, and yet here and that there is a weapon. I'm there talking current times. I'm talking current times when they had Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Adams. When they had the opportunity to draft Justin Jefferson because they needed a wide receiver to pair next to Devontae Adams, they passed on him to go somewhere else. They needed that wide receiver. Justin Jefferson was already off the board, wasn't he? They could have traded up. They were in range to get him. They could have traded up if they really wanted to, but they chose not to because they wanted to take a quarterback for the future. Look how well that panned out for them. So so you're saying all of this is because of that one move? No. I'm saying for years, for some reason or not, they have refused to give Aaron Rodgers another wide receiver outside of the I I understand you. I do. But they literally just drafted two this year, and look at how well that's working out. Never in the first round. Never in the first round. They look, never take okay, the first look, round. Look, I will tell you. Look, I, I will, I'll tell you. I've said that, that, that they don't want to help him. But, like, does it? don't you think that it's like, oh, he's never had weapons, and that's why he's never got over the hump. Don't you think that actually hurts him, seeing that he's really only been as good as the weapons around him? Because apparently he's not. He's never had weapons, according to you. He's good enough to take his team to the NFC Championship game. I don't think he's single-handedly good enough to take them over, if that's what you're asking. However, I don't think anybody's good enough to do that by themselves. That's the way I see Aaron Rodgers. He's always gotten pat, gotten to that big moment, and he can't get over that hump, even though he's a Super Bowl champion. When he has competent weapons around him, yes, he can. But unfortunately, he has competent weapons around him, and he's literally he has had that. You know, yes, he has quite literally gone to four straight NFC championship games and he lost all four. I'm sorry, you can only blame the defense and the supposed lack of weapons so much. Blame that defense all I want to if we watch both those NFC championship games against the Bucks and 
and the San Francisco 49ers if we want to. But I'm not doing that. What the, wait, are you seriously blaming the defense? They lost to a team that didn't even score an offensive touchdown that year. Which one? Last year. Last year. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't blame the defense. They, they didn't the give team. up a single offensive touchdown. How's it talking about the ball? two you were talking to, about specifically the Bucks and the 49ers? That wasn't Aaron Rodgers' fault. That was that defense for not being able to stop the run. And when they needed a linebacker or you know a receiver to either stop the run or how about the offense, they do a punt and get a quarterback for the future. I don't care what you tell me. They have consistently not been helping this man. And I I hate how it seems like I'm trying to come to Rogers' defense because even at some points in times I get upset with him with some of the things he says. But at the same time, it's like, yo, all he wants is a first-round receiver, and y'all can't give it to him. The only time he's passed to a first-round talent is Mercedes Lewis. To put that in perspective, Mercedes Lewis was like in his 14th season when he got to Aaron Rodgers. That is disgusting behavior if I do say so myself. So help the man out. Give him some help, and let's be done with it, and let's win a ring. Don't blame this on him. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they tried, but it turns out Rodgers wanted a, a massive contract, and because that drove away Devontae that. Adams. Furthermore, they That's tried to pay true. Adams, and Rodgers' no. own repulsive personality drove away Adams. No, I refuse to blame that impulsive personality, Aaron Rodgers having an impulsive personality. Devontae Adams just wanted to play with his college quarterback. That's fine. Oh, That's really? That's it. Had nothing it had to nothing play. to do with Aaron Rodgers being a fully blown diva. No. Because no. it's the quarterback position. Everybody knows the quarterback position is the diva position. I have no problem with my quarterback being a little bit of a diva. Aaron Rodgers is a little bit of a diva. I can't a little play. bit? Yes, a little bit. He's literally been playing the oh will I the will I won't I sit out for two straight years solely for media attention. That oh, is far from a little bit, and even you oh, have to admit it. No, no. Did he play? Did he play? Yes, he did, but that's not the point. The point is he literally did it for media attention. He wants to leave he wanted to leave Green Bay because they already got a franchise quarterback in his position. He wanted to leave. They said no. So he's like, if you're not going to let me leave, give me the contract and let's move on. They gave him the contract. That was that. He left. He literally could have sat out and not played. It's, but instead, he doesn't want to be there. So instead, he signs a longer-term deal. He signs an extension. That doesn't make sense. I'm not going to continue arguing about Aaron Rodgers' past if we're going to talk about the present. Can we at least stick to the present here, CJ? I don't know. Can we, Justin? Because we're okay. just not going to agree on Aaron Rodgers. We're just not right, that's going fine. To. That's fine. I get it. I get it. I do. I hear you. I understand. But before we move on, because this has actually been this, you know, this this debate very spirited. We both have our opinions. Good entertainment, I must say. But before we move on, I, I what do you think the Packers are going to do this season? Well, you you hinted that Rodgers might bounce back. Are you confident he will? Like I said, this isn't about Rodgers. This is about the Packers. What, like, what do you think? Where do you think they're going to end up here? Do they come back? Do they keep going the way they're going? Like, what's your take on that? They have to make a trade for a quality weapon for Aaron Rodgers to use. Sammy Watkins is on. Okay. Randall Cobb just got injured. They almost have little to no weapons to support him. If they want to actually have like title aspirations or like at least contend, they need to make a trade to get a quality weapon. That's okay. just the end of it. 
or they need to somehow fix the offense to get the running game more involved with Aaron Jones and AJ. Uh-huh. I don't know how they're going to do that, but again, I lean towards more so of getting another weapon for Aaron Rodgers. Okay, do you think they will? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. They're very <laughs> conservative with that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I honestly don't see them getting another weapon for Rodgers. But oh well, Packers fans, he can do it himself, right? That's what I've heard after all these years. But apparently hmm. that's not true. Once again, I personally nothing against Rodgers. It's his fans. You know, the ones like, oh, he has a goat case. No, he doesn't. Especially not after this year, if things keep going the way they do. But that's a story for another day. Anyway, we're going to have to move on, but we are going to touch on uh, the New York teams. Not not Buffalo. We know they're good. The Jets and the Giants are a combined 9-3. and three. What kind of world are we living in? I couldn't tell you. But, don't, but we're going to break that down, and you're not going to want to miss that. So uh, don't go anywhere, because this is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm CJ Medeiros, and that over there is my good friend, Justin Tucker. So, this football season, it's been interesting. You know, it's like living in the twilight zone because the two teams, New York teams, wink, wink, that are really from East Rutherford, New Jersey, are a combined. Are, sit down. Are you sitting? Good. Nine and three. Nine and three. The Giants are five and one, and the Jets are four and two. That's something. So, Justin, what do you make of this? Is this turnaround for real? Are they paper wins? Is it a fluke? Nobody knows. That's the fun. So, uh, can you just uh, give me your, your take on that? I don't know. I, I want to say they're deserving because it's hard to go five and one. But at the same time, when you look at these games, some some of these games, it feels like the te- some teams are losing it. Cough, cough, Ravens. Then the Giants winning it. I will say this. The Jets, have, I think, is a turnaround. Because I expected them to be like one and five, two and four around that area. They've turned it around quite a bit. And I will say at least Josh out. I mean, Zach Wilson looks pretty Good right now. Uh, what should we call it? Bryce Hall is looking like a quality running back for them. Sauce Gardner is <laughs> like that at the cornerback spot. CJ's been talking about him in the draft and for the New York Jets. He's looking like that guy. He looks like yeah. a pro bowler right now. He really does. If they keep this up, I could see them stealing a wild card spot and facing one of the uh, division champions. 
in the first round. I think they're that good. I think they can give any team a, yeah. a fight. But at the same time, I'm not sure where they stack up with everybody else. So we'll just have to wait and see. If they can continue this, I, I'd be impressed because I didn't see this in the Robert Sala era yet. But congratulations to the Jets. The Giants, on the other hand, quality. They're contending with the NFC East. The East looks good, by the way, this year for some reason. Except for the Commanders. Yeah. Except <laughs> for the Commanders. Everybody else is quality except for the Commanders. But outside of that, the Giants look good. Saquon Barkley has re has come back to a resurgence. He looks like that number one back that he was in 2018. Jesus. Daniel Jones looks like something. I don't know what, but something. And that defense is is quality. It looks pretty pretty damn good, to say so the least. I mean, but of course, they have a quality DC in Wink Martindale, so of course it's going to look somewhat good. And they have pieces all around to make the defense work, so Congratulations to New York Giants and congratulations to New York Jets. Yeah, honestly, you know, I'm a Pats fan. Don't like the Jets or the Giants, but I'm not even mad at how good they're doing. I'm honestly impressed. I mean, I don't think anyone expected this. I really don't. But both of these teams are very similar. Not not in the way that they're uh, you know, playing over their heads essentially, but they're but they're just I won't lie, the quarterbacks are average i mean daniel jones is like a 67 percent completion percentage like 1021 yards five touchdowns two picks that's decent you know across six games zach wilson has played like three games i believe he's got a 56 percent completion percentage 572 yards a touchdown and two picks so but i know what you're thinking why are they good and justin you actually mentioned it they're built with solid defense and running the ball first, a tried and true formula that has helped many teams. And when you when you look at guys like Brees Hall, who is getting some Rookie of the Year buzz, I hear you know for offense, he's just been insane. And Saquon Barkley, you know, just going, you know, for lack of a better term, just going off, you know, turning back the clock to his old self. Uh, yeah. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get success because, like I keep saying, we've seen this throughout you know throughout the years that a strong running game and a good defense can take you far. I mean, look at Saquon Barkley. He has 616 yards, averaging 5.2 yards a carry and four touchdowns. And uh, Brees Hall, uh, you know, you got to remember he he's a rookie and he is sharing that backfield with uh michael carter mm-hmm. he still is av- he still has 391 yards he's averaging 5.1 yards a carry and three touchdowns and that's pretty darn good for a rookie like i said especially when you're basically 1a and 1b in that jets backfield <laughs> so what when you take all that and you really think critically about it i i gotta say i'm not entirely sure it's a fluke because I've said strong defense and a grounded pound offense is about as stable as you can get. Justin, yeah. uh, your thoughts? Yeah, of course. If you're a heavy run game, you need a defense to be able to support that. The main thing is to take time of possession, win the time of possession, and basically give the other offense a little to no chance of 
scoring by running down the clock to give that team basically almost little to no time scoring. And so when you do an offense like that, if you have a great running game, you can instill that mindset of running down the clock almost immediately. And it gives the other team little or no choices because once you're up to, like, for an example, a 14-point lead, they have to start passing. And if your defense is stopping the pass and stopping the run, time will just inevitably start to take away from them. And before they know it, the game is over and they can't come back to win the game. So if this Jets team and this Giants team can continue to do that, I don't see why they can't go further and make it to the playoffs. I think they, I think the Giants has a shot against the Eagles. I'm not fully convinced on the Eagles just yet, even though they are 6-0 and look like world beaters. And I'm not completely sold on the Jets just yet. I'm not sure who – I don't think they can get past the Chiefs or the Bills because I think that's who they would have to match up against if they do make the wild card spot. So it's going to be a tough battle for both of them. But at the same time, the way, with the way that they're playing, I don't have any – I don't see why they can't win. Yeah, I, I'll, I don't either. And I actually uh, believe that, you know, that they could actually – especially the uh, – uh, you know the the Jets. I, I especially believe that they can go to a wild card, and the Giants too. The Giants, you know, if they beat Philly, then they might be the team to beat in the NFC. And the mm-hmm. Jets, you know, they're in a tough division. You know, the Patriots are putting things together. You have the Dolphins getting Tua back, and the Bills just beat KC. That division, I think, is going to go right down to the wire. Yep. Now, obviously, we could talk about that all day, but unfortunately, we do have to move on. And I just mentioned the Bills and Chiefs. And ironically, that's who we're going to talk about next. So in the newest chapter of the Mahomes-Allen saga, Allen beat Mahomes uh, 24-20. So, so what's going on there? Uh, is Buffalo out of KC's shadow? Well, uh, we don't quite know. But we're still going to try to break it down. After this, you're listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power88 Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. I am CJ Medeiros with my good friend Justin Tucker. And so, uh, well, that was something, wasn't it? Bills-Chiefs, always a fun matchup. So the Bills beat the Chiefs 24-20, you know, taking revenge over last year's heartbreaking playoff loss. And so many people are saying that Allen now is the upper hand in that rivalry. So are no. the Bills starting to come out of the Chiefs' shadow? Justin, I already hear you uh, giving your uh, take on that. So, uh, what, so what do you think? They have to show it in the playoffs. I mean, I, I wouldn't say – the thing with the Chiefs is if you beat them in the regular season, you should have confidence because they're a very tough team to beat. But at the same time, 
No, I wouldn't give them confidence just yet to beat them in the playoffs. They still have to show it. They should have beat them last year, if we're being quite honest. But, you know, they choked it away on defense. Thank and, you. Thank and they and they blame it on a coin flip. Hmm. Made that the truth. It shouldn't have gotten to that point in the first place. But, again, that's neither here nor there. They just couldn't stop Travis, Travis Kelsey in the clutch when they needed to. Or Tyreek Hill. But, again, I digress. I think this should give them confidence to face them in the playoffs, but no, they do not have the edge against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a Super Bowl winning team. The Bills are a AFC title contending team. That's the difference. They still haven't won an AFC championship yet. The Chiefs have been contending in the AFC championship game since 2019. Let's calm it down a bit. Until they are able to beat the Chiefs, I won't put the Bills past them, but they are, like, the second-best team in the AFC, in my eyes. Well, yeah, second-best team in the AFC, despite the one against the Chiefs. I still think the Chiefs are the team to beat even after this, and I think once they face off in the playoffs, we might see a very different team. But I should have, but I should feel confident if I'm the Bills because I just beat the Chiefs, and I just took it to them in overtime, and I stopped Patrick Mahomes when I needed to. So, yeah. I wouldn't say they have the edge over them, but I could see them beating them in the playoffs now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. I, I really get it. And honestly, I'm not sure if I'm ready to say Allen has the upper hand. I mean, Mahomes, I believe, is 2-0 and against Allen in the playoffs, like 4-2 and against Allen all time. You know, Mahomes has, like, the ring. So, look, that was impressive for Buffalo. It really was. But I wouldn't say they're out of the Chiefs' shadow just yet. You know, it's uh, – I mean, you know how I'm – Yeah. I just – there's really not a lot to go on here. I mean, we have the numbers. We have the accolades. But let me tell you something. If they meet in, say, the AFC Championship or they meet again in the playoffs Mm -hmm. and the Bills win again, and maybe if they win a ring, I might have to uh, consider it because – Pound for pound, the Bills are better. They just have a better roster, and there's no shame in admitting that. Mm-hmm. However, however, I just I can't really say that the Bills, you know, when it comes to the uh, Mahomes-Allen uh, rivalry. rivalry, basically, which is like we covered last episode, is starting to become one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. I just I can't. Say that after this, after one game, Allen has the upper hand and is Adam Mahomes' shadow just yet. Justin, do you have anything else like to add to that? Not even a little bit. They lost to him in the AFC Championship game. A year later, they lost to him in the divisional. And now, just because they beat them in the regular season, you think, oh, now we have the edge? No, I'm sorry. Too many times, especially when it matters most, the Bills have come up short. And, it's, and against the Chiefs, I'm sorry, no, nah, I don't think they have the edge right now. But they are starting to gain traction. I, I give yeah. them progress. Yeah, yeah. And look, I, I'll tell you that, and I think you, and I think you're correct. But uh, to, I, like I said, Allen has never beaten Mahomes in the postseason. If he does this year, then we're going to reopen that case. Yeah. But until then, I, I, I'm, I still say Mahomes over Allen. Yeah, the way I would look at it's I like how people compare it to like the modern day version of like Brady versus Peyton. Because in the earlier stages, Brady was always getting the better of Peyton. 
But as the years went on, Peyton would eventually get the better of Brady. I think that's what this rivalry could potentially be. It all hmm. depends on how good Josh Allen turns out to be and if he can get over that hump of the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs or in you know the postseason. Yeah. So uh, before we you know uh, talk about that, I've always I just want to say for those keeping score at home, Manning and Brady have played each other seventeen times. That's insane, you know. And uh, it's basically uh, an interesting split here as Tom Brady want, wins like the head-to-head series overall at eleven to six. So yeah, I definitely feel that Allen and Mahomes would definitely be a uh, a lot closer, shall we say. So it's always fun talking about the NFL, but we do have to move on. So as you know, we're trying to get more into fantasy, and we have a new segment you may know as the Fumble Rooski Fantasy Fix. We're going to try to help you with your lineups. So uh, don't don't fret. We we got you. Just listen to our advice. And we're going to cover that next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back to the Fun Brewski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm CJ Medeiros, along with, uh, well, you may know him, my good friend, Justin Tucker. Now, we have to break down our Fumble Rooski fantasy picks, fix, sorry, our stardoms, oh, wait, no, not our stardoms and sitoms, excuse me. Uh, this is a, uh, you're your streamers, basically, you know, some good waiver wire pickups or some bench players you might want to start. So here we go. Running back, that's an important position. We're going to say, pick up if you can, Kenyon Drake. Despite the fact the Ravens lost, Kenyon Drake had an amazing game because uh, J.K. Dobbins is having some uh, tightness in his knee, I believe. And uh, I believe he's listed as questionable, and he might be on a snap count. So if that's the case, pick up Kenyon Drake, because that guy has shown he can play. He's ready and willing right behind Dobbins. So definitely keep an eye on him. Next is uh, Latavius Murray for the Saints. Alvin Kamara is battling injuries, and plain and simple, Latavius Murray's next up. So if you can, make sure you want to grab him. Wide receivers. Here's an interesting one. Robbie Anderson. Now, for those who don't know, Robbie Anderson was just traded from the Carolina Panthers to the Arizona Cardinals. But wait, you're saying. DeAndre Hopkins is coming back. Won't Robbie Anderson be wide receiver three? To which I say, no, no, he isn't. Do you know how I know? Because Hollywood Brown just went down with what we believe to be a six-week injury, bumping Robbie Anderson up to basically wide receiver two. And he would be a great waiver wire addition. Or if you have him on your bench, consider yourself lucky. Because I think 
you know, from going from Mayfield to Kyler Murray, uh, I can say that there's going to be an uptick in points. And another wide receiver. Now, as a Pats fan, I can tell you, I try to avoid Patriots players like the plague because you never know who's going to show up when. But Devontae Parker has been balling out these past few weeks, and especially against the Lions and the <clears throat> excuse me, and the whoever we just play. I don't know why I'm blanking. Oh, the Browns. Sorry, that that is uh sorry, that, that's bad on my end. But you know, Devontae Parker played the Lions, played the Browns, and now he's going up against the Bears defense. I would say start him, especially because he's just been playing out of his mind lately. Tight end. Speaking of Patriots, uh, Hunter Henry. He just had a huge game last year, like four catches over 60 yards and a touchdown. You have him on your bench. Once again, consider yourself lucky. Start him up. And another tight end, Noah Fant on the Seahawks. I'm noticing that Geno Smith is starting to target him more, and every good quarterback needs a security blanket. So why not take a risk on Noah Fant in free agency? And let's just say you don't, your quarterback situation is not the best. You need some streamers. Well, uh, why not consider Matt Ryan as a quarterback streamer? I mean, he he's finally getting the molasses out of his you-know-what, and he's playing well, actually. And the Tennessee defense isn't doing that well, so that's a favorable matchup for Matt Ryan. Next, uh, Tua Tagovailoa against Pittsburgh. Tua, we believe, is coming back after the Dolphins thoroughly destroyed his brain. But that's okay because fantasy. <laughs> and not to mention the Pittsburgh defense has just been crumbling. And Tua has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Mike Kosicki to throw to. I, I wouldn't worry too much. If some fool drops Tua, I would say pick him up and pick him up right now after this podcast is over. And for defensive streamers, let's talk about the New York Jets. The Jets' defense is pretty underrated, and they're going up against the Denver Broncos, who for some reason are struggling. Broncos country, let's ride. Am I right? <laughs> and the, and uh, our final streamer here on defense, the New England Patriots. The defense has sprung to life and is becoming quietly a, one of the better units in the NFL. And on top of that, they're going up against the slowest molasses Chicago defense, offense. So if the Pats are there, why don't you pick them up? What's the worst that could happen? So that about does it for our Fumble Rooski Fantasy Fix. And if you like our fan content or our service for the fans content, you do not want to miss what's next. We're going to break down the Fumble Rooski Fan Box after this. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast, powered by Power 88 
Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm CJ Medeiros, alongside my good friend and co-host Justin Tucker. And you know what time it is, Justin? It's time for the Fumble Ruski Fan Box. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. It's a wonderful time. So if you don't know how it works, let me explain. We post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and we'll discuss it and even give you a shout-out on the show. So make sure to respond to next week's fan box question to be featured. So our question of the week, who has been the most underrated running back this season for fantasy football? And as far as fantasy, there's something I would like to tell you. Uh, Tucker and I have something we'd like to get off our chest. We are in a fantasy league together, and our dear co-host Adam Wright is 0-6. Oh, in 6 <laughs> And, uh, uh, you know, and Justin, you want to know, do you know who he just lost to? Oh, I don't know. Who did he just lose to? Adam lost to our fellow co-host Justin Tucker. Yes. Thanks, Chargers oh. defense. The joke can continue yet another week. Oh, and six. My Chargers <laughs> defense only gave me, only had five points, but Cortland Sutton only gave him like 3.9. Damn, that sucks. <laughs> now, and Adam, if you're listening to this, don't worry. We're, we're, we're just funning with you, man. I mean, I'm not doing too well either. Tucker, wait, what's your record? Three and three right now. I yeah, believe. so am I. But at least we're not 0 and six. Yeah. I mean, he can kiss that money goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Probably, yeah. And on that happy note, away we go. So once again, Uh it's about who's the most underrated running back this season through fantasy football. And Ian Mullern says, quote, Gainwell for the Eagles. I mean, yeah, he's a decent flex option. He pops off here and there. But yeah, he's been a little underrated, I would say. Yeah. Next up, Cola DJ, Clyde Edwards-Elair. Yeah. He's kind of streaky, but, oh, when he's on, he can give you, like, 21 points. It's beautiful. Yeah. Next up, uh, Grayson Mortimer, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has actually been arguably the best player on that Raiders offense. Yeah, I don't think he's underrated at all. I think he's rated just fine. Who's talking negatively about Josh Jacobs? I don't know. Probably Devontae Adams, he who pushes cameramen. But you're not going to talk about that. Uh, Connor Fallon says David Montgomery. As someone who has David Montgomery on their fantasy team, I can say that's a lie. Yeah, he's not doing so good right now for you. And it's because his O-line. I do not like that Chicago O-line. But, Connor, I'm just going to have to respectfully disagree with you, buddy. Wait, what would you say, Justin? He used to be one of the best. Now they just suck. Yeah, that's the Chicago difference. Next, uh, Derek Kuhl. Says Raheem Mostert's usage and production at his age is unreal. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Especially since Miami doesn't really have the bell cow back. Raheem Mostert, when he pops off, oh boy, that can be scary. Nick Norman. Yep. Nick Norman. Lenny Fournette. Low of nine and high of 35. Having a damn good fantasy season. Yeah. Playoff Lenny. In playoff Lenny indeed. P Tanzor6525 says Josh Jacobs. Yeah, we have already spoken about Josh Jacobs, but I think we can both attest he's having a monster season and it's translating in fantasy leagues. Yeah. Cash Withers. Record. Oh, yeah. 
Cash Withers responded twice. Miles Sanders and James Robinson. I mean, yeah, James Robinson yeah, is James doing Robinson. pretty well. And uh, unfortunately for Adam, he drafted Travis Etienne. <laughs> oh, well. And Miles Sanders, yeah, he's kind of underrated. Yeah, I don't hear many people talk about him. But I have him on fantasy, and he's doing pretty well for me. Next, uh, Will Mantle says Brees Hall. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Eli Turner says Miles Sanders, maybe. My good friend, there's no maybe about it. He's been pretty good. Why put him there if you don't know? Why say maybe? Oh, well, yeah, we're, we've all been. Uh, here's one. Brian Mucker, who I believe is a former co-host of the show, said you Brees Hall. Tonight. Can you tell he's a Jets fan? Can you tell? It's like a <laughs> oh, well, we, 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 we love him just the same, even though he's out tonight. Zachary Stilson said Jamal Williams, a.k.a. Swag Daddy. Thank you, Zachary, because last week he said something, or two weeks ago he said something about Swag Daddy. I didn't know who that was. I just assumed he was talking about Nathan Peterman, but apparently it's Jamal Williams, and I say I got to agree. Yeah, he's yeah, uh, been a big help. Yeah, well, DeAndre Swift has been out. He's shouldered the load. Next, Stephen Parker says Jeff Wilson. Well, he didn't quite have a good game last week, but, I mean, overall, I would argue yes. Yeah, I wouldn't argue too much, even though he yeah. didn't play well. And speaking of Jeff Wilson, Damon Bergfeld also says Jeff Wilson. Oh, we got some Jeff yeah. Wilson fans. Oh, yeah. And finally... Our dear friend of the show, Robert Shelley, says Dion Jackson, 28 points in his only week. Yeah, and which is funny because he's RB4 in Indy. That's just, that's funny to me. It is, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that about does it for the Fumble Ruski fan box. We have heard the voice of the people. So, Justin, before we hit the wrap-up, do you have anything you'd like to say? All I need to say is the Ravens better get it together. We need to get it together. We have no business three, being three and three. We should be six and zero oh, or four, five and one at the least. We should not be three and three. And that's not me being biased. That's us being objective about our record. Spoken like a true gentleman. Well, on that happy note, we're gonna wrap it up. That'll do it for us tonight. Thanks for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays, so definitely be sure to listen and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRuski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out.